I think everybody needs to realise how scientific, how researched, how informed, how educated and how on the ball we are on this channel and that I've spoken to Santa Claus and Santa Claus has assured me that he's longed Bitcoin and he's looking for a Santa rally. Hello and welcome to the Crypto Standard Podcast, where we take the cryptic out of crypto. Okay, what we're going to do today is answer some of the common questions that we're getting from you guys, our listeners. And this ranges from central bank digital currencies. Are these good or bad? How to explain crypto to friends and family at Christmas time? And of course, tax and crypto. We're getting so many people asking us about tax because it is tax season. So we'll be going over all of this. And this week, we've got another giveaway, $75 paid out in Crow, which is Crypto.com's token. So if you don't have a Crypto.com account yet, use the link below in our show notes or go onto our Twitter or Instagram or Facebook and you will get a link how to sign up there and you will get $25 for free. So how to enter the $75 giveaway. So all you have to do to enter is either go onto Twitter and like and retweet our episode tweet. And I will pin this to the top of our Twitter and I will put a a link in the show notes below as well. Or if you're on Instagram, you have to go on there, like it, and then share it to your story. And I will pick a winner before Christmas. So both the links are below how to enter and good luck. Right, let's get into the episode. And remember, nothing we say is financial advice. Hey everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Crypto Standard Podcast with me, Jim. And me, Jordan. How are you, Jordan? I'm really good. How are you doing? I am not so good today, Jordan. (laughs) Why is that? I went for that, my booster jab yesterday, that Pfizer booster Mm -hmm. jab, and I had a bad reaction in the the vaccination centre and almost fainted. So, no, it wasn't a pleasant experience, I have to say, but don't don't let that put you off. Yeah, well, I've got mine tomorrow, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how I get on with it. Yes, interesting. I, I I just, I was thinking to myself this morning after a really horrible night of sleep and toss, tossing and turning and sore arm and feeling nauseous was, what if I didn't take any of these jabs and I just got the I just got the Omicron variant and I built up my own resistance that way as opposed to people forcing jabs on me? And it's just an interesting, it's one way that a lot of the anti-vaxxers, et cetera, will look at it, isn't it? Yeah, and I've actually heard this quite a lot. And I was, I was talking about this last night, actually. And apparently some top scientist, I don't know who it was, it was on the radio, was saying the best thing you can do now is catch it. Yeah. And it sounds ridiculous, but it does build up your, is it the antibodies? Or, yeah. I'm not sure yeah. how yeah. it all works. Um, yeah. But then you become more used to it. Your body becomes more used to it so it can fight it off. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how, I know this one spreads a lot faster on yeah. Omnicrom, but I'm not sure how lethal it is compared to the other one 
Well, I was listening to the radios, listening to LBC, and a lot of people were on saying they've got it. And they are basically, they've got night sweats and they've got a sore throat. But they said it just feels like a bad cold. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think per- perhaps for older people, I think the fact that the NHS is under stress in the UK, gosh, it's just a... It's just a bit of a mess. We've not really gotten to the bottom of it all. Meanwhile, Boris Johnson's sitting in his garden, quaffing uh, red wine with, uh, with his <laughs> wife and, and uh, baby number seven with his third wife, and is uh, you know and telling us all it's a work meeting with not a, a laptop or um, pen in sight. <laughs> at, at some point, you just wonder if there's going to be a revolution in this country. You just wonder if people are going to say enough is enough. You lot can sod off. Jacob's reached Mog. That guy, I would love to kick his head in. <laughs> Me and his butler and his pantry maid and whatever else he's got running his life. I would love to take him outside for a square go. A square I, go. I would put my Doc Martens on and a knuckle duster. <laughs> <laughs> people, people, some people won't even know what a square go is. It's one of these. I think it's a Scottish saying. I remember yeah. the school, school in Coburnie is like, "I want you want your go, want your square." It means like, "Do you, I'm going to fight with you?" And every yeah. time someone said that to me, my heart sank. I didn't really want to fight. <laughs> but there you go. Okay, so <laughs> talking about square goes. There's a bit of a square goal going on just now with Bitcoin short sellers and the market, isn't there? Yeah, there is. It's um, a lot of people are shorting and just betting for crypto or for Bitcoin to go down. And when too many people are doing this, usually the price will start to go up and liquidate all of these shorts. Mm. And when that short squeeze goes on, then Bitcoin should break and has already started break from its descending triangle. Is that right? Yeah. Descending wedge. Yeah, descending wedge. So it'll be really interesting how the next few days play out because it's been in, so what this is called like a falling wedge. So the price has been going down as we know. And then Bitcoin has just broken above the trend line or above the resistance, sorry. And when that happens, that's usually a very bullish sign that the price is going to go up. So, so yeah, but who knows? <laughs> well, I know one man who does know. Okay. And I think everybody needs to realise how scientific, how researched, how informed, how educated, and how on the ball we are on this channel. And that I've spoken to Santa Claus, and Santa Claus has assured me that he's longed Bitcoin and he's looking for a Santa rally. Oh, good lad. Good lad. <laughs> That's right. Good lad, Santa. Nice one. <laughs> so we're, we're going to be uh, green for Christmas. Is that Who right? Knows? And, that, and that's the whole thing. And I guess, I guess today we've got six questions, haven't we, that we get asked a lot um, from people who email us and ping us privately. And these kind of six questions we thought we'll bring to the table today to help educate and inform you more on cryptocurrency and just give our perspective on it. Yeah, exactly. And we get asked these these questions quite a lot. So it'll be quite good. And especially some of them are related to Christmas time and meeting family and 
talking about crypto. <laughs> yes, yes, that's a good so, point. Did I you tell go. you that my the chap who was painting my house knew all about Bitcoin? <laughs> that's crazy. Every everyone is starting to learn now. I just his name is Neil, a lovely, lovely guy. Him and his son uh, Lewis had been doing some work. I mean, they were just a joy to have. You know, some tradesmen people can be a right pain. These yeah. these gentlemen and. Uh, I was just chatting to him and he said, what do you do? And I started ch- t- talking about crypto and he said, oh, he knew all about it. And <laughs> one of his friends was mega into it. And I was like, wow. So it just shows you that the topic of conversation of cryptocurrency isn't just for certain people that we think that we believe would be into it. But there's a whole range of people right now sitting in pubs in Forfar discussing crypto. Yeah. <laughs> So it's not just Dundee, it's Forfar. It's spreading out from Dundee, the, the mecca of crypto in That's Scotland. <laughs> okay, so do you want to hit us with question one? Yeah, let's do it. Right, so the first question is, why, I mean, we've covered this a little bit, but we'll just cover it again. And why is Bitcoin going down in price despite so many bitcoins actually coming off of exchanges okay so if you think about over the last three or four weeks it's been pretty hellish looking at the markets and bitcoin's been going down and then you and others have been talking about going down to forty-two thousand dollars, and it still might do that but meanwhile other uh, advocates uh, and protagonists and researchers are showing us that bitcoin has been accumulated and coming off exchanges people like will clemente So there's three things going on here that I think that are causing this. Number one is the accumulation by whales Mm -hmm. and the games they play. Number two, manipulation, um, the fear, uncertainty and doubt, the media stories and what some of the gurus put out there. And number three, we just talked about the short short sellers. And I think just now is also it's tax time in the USA. So we talked about this. People are selling some of their stuff um, and they're selling it low because they get a reduced gain, so they pay less tax. So if you look at accumulation, the whales are buying and they have not stopped buying. The miners, that's those who actually create the blocks every 10 minutes through the computations using very sophisticated rig software, they are also hodling or holding. They've not been selling for months. And this happened way back in February, March of this year as well, when the when the whales and and we, we talk about whales, that's people with over one thousand Bitcoin. When the whales and the miners start to hodl, that's usually a really good sign. However, that usually takes eight weeks or so before it translates into any price action. So this is one of these really interesting things we've talked about. That if everybody started to buy uh, shares in British Telecom tomorrow all of a sudden the price starts to go up. That doesn't happen with Bitcoin. It takes a long time to move that juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Um, second thing I thought is, so if I if I go onto my, I'm literally on my iPad now and I go to my stocks and shares app and I hit Bitcoin, what happens is a load of stories come up and if I look at them and they are, they are all over the place. So let me give you some of the headlines of these stories. Number one, Bitcoin will replace the US dollar, says Jack Dorsey. That was one hour ago in the Telegraph. 
Number two, tiny Bitcoin rich lists uh, holds huge proportion of cryptocurrency. So that's a bit of a scary one. Uh, that was 18 hours ago. Number three, Bitcoin may not uh, Bitcoin may not last much longer. Academic warns. That was three days ago. And I clicked on that story. And this guy's a nobody from Nowheresville and some Nowheres University, right? And that makes a headline in CNBC. You've got another one. Ray Dalio, he's a phenomenal investor. He's written great books. Bitcoin is like a younger generation's alternative to gold, right? So there's another one thinking, oh, that's quite positive. And you get another one. Bitcoin and Ethereum plunge as investors cut down on risky bets. So you're all over the place. And then you get another one. Mexican retailer Grupo Electra embraces Bitcoin for payments. It's like, and then the, the, the first one from four days ago, Bank of England warns Bitcoin could, could become worthless. So when you look at all that, all that media coverage, you either, depending on the type of personality you are, you're either going to say, oh, that's pretty positive, some of those stories. Or some of them are pretty negative. So you've got to dig down on who the journalist is, what media outlet it is, who they are using as their sources and their backup, and then you've got to make your mind up. And a lot of people who are new to this uh, new to this whole landscape will see the negative one. Oh, Bank of England wants Bitcoin to become worthless. Mum, sell your Bitcoin, right? And that's that has a big that has a big impact on sentiment. And I know you talked about yeah. this before. And finally, you've got your gurus out there. So you've got those who hate Bitcoin and you've got those who love Bitcoin. You've got those who love Ethereum. Real pal loves Ethereum. He's stacking that baby. But other people like Lawrence Lepard, for example, he's just into Bitcoin. So lots of people will then follow different paths and take different research paths and, infor and information paths. And then that will affect how they view the market overall. So mm -hmm. even though Bitcoin has been accumulated, there's there's a massive fight going on for the life and soul of cryptocurrency right now. And it's all tied into central banks, politicians, those who are fighting the Bitcoin corner and the macroeconomics of Bitcoin. Yeah. Waft. That was that was really well answered. <laughs> Thanks very uh, much. Yeah. Um yeah, exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. And we are in we're in the phase of game theory, is how I see it. So we're in the phase of if someone else is doing it, then the the opposite competition have to also consider this because it could become a threat to them. So say let's look at America and El Salvador. America have seen that El Salvador are buying Bitcoin. They obviously know that there's something there. And they're like, okay, they're buying it. We don't want to risk them becoming too powerful over us through Bitcoin. So then America are then going to have to start, like as they're doing at the moment, regulating it, making sure Bitcoin and cryptocurrency stays within their country. And you're just going to see this a lot with countries now is if one part, if one country is doing it, the likelihood is that the other countries don't want to get left behind and they don't want to take the risk of not being involved. So they will start to accumulate over time. 
Well, if you think about that game theory and, and you extend it forward, if America, and I know that it's that Senate committee's just now cryptocurrency and blockchain, it's at that level of discussion. If America decides to embrace Bitcoin in any way, shape or form, whether it starts with the, the, the companies and the corporates like Michael Saylor, and then that moves into cities and local economies and then eventually up to the, the federal um, level, if it does, the price is going to rocket. So if you're in El Salvador and you've already been buying in early, you're going to make a pack out of that in terms of your gross domestic product. So I wonder how many other countries are quietly doing it just now, just building up little bits just in case. Yeah. Um, and that's interesting. So, okay. Next question for you, Jordan. Um, central bank digital currencies. Are these good or bad? So I actually got asked this. I, I get asked it quite a lot, but I did get asked it the other day as well. And it was someone <clears throat> saying, it's obviously you need to get both sides of this, 100%. It's good to know the pros and the cons. So someone was asking, are these, are central banks digital currencies, are they good? Are they going to, are they a positive thing for cryptocurrency? Because essentially what a central bank digital currency is, is the exact same system that we've got at the moment, but it's just going to be digital. You're not going to have to have bank, you're not going to have to have like bank notes, checks, coins, none of this. Central banks are going to have their own currencies that are cryptocurrencies, which means, I mean, the problem is in the name for me, and it's the first word, central. It's central. And that is the whole point of cryptocurrencies is that they are decentralized. And I mean, this is the bank's solution to trying to keep up and trying to keep control as well. So she was saying, or the person that was asking me about this was saying that you, when they release these, they're going to incentivize people by saying, will give you X amount more if you move your money into our central currency. And yeah, some people are going to do this, um, but you need to look at the cons of this, that they still have control over it. If you want to spend your money in, let's say, a shop, anywhere you want to spend it, they have the authority to block it, exactly like banks have the authority to block your money at the moment. So... If you move it into a central bank digital currency, you're not in control of that and you don't actually own that. It gives you the safety net that we have at the moment, which is if something is stolen, the banks will reimburse us. Yes, but it still gives them all the control and they'll be able to print more. <laughs> I assume I've not looked into because these are still new for everyone. And they're only they're getting piloted in China in some other countries as well. So they that, for, that for me, Jordan says it all when you talk about the control element because the digital one is all about controlling the population, controlling the money they have in their wallets, what they're spending it on. If you think about that, how how it makes them keep it in the country and they can't um, they can't buy Bitcoin, they can't move it to America. So that whole our control thing is really dangerous, I think. Mm. However, on the positive side, 
if, for example, an independent Scotland or an El Salvador has its own central bank digital currency and it's and, and, and it uses it in a positive way, it can help level up the poor and the rich. Mm-hmm. So if you said, for example, okay, if you are living in Scotland, you are not allowed to have any more than five million pounds net worth. That's to include your house, your pension, your savings. So let's say someone's sitting with 10 million, you can say, well, you don't need that. Five million is more than enough. So we're going to take five million off you and we're going to distribute that five million to the people in the lower rung who are sitting with uh, 2,000 right now. And we're going to help them. And we're going to redistribute wealth in a really fair way. Now, a lot of people go, oh, my God, but I've worked all my life for that. Yeah, we know that. But still, if we're going to level up and do it, there's one way that a central bank digital currency could actually work and do that. It's a possible. Do you like the sound of that? No. (laughs) No, no, don't get me wrong. I 100% like the fact of, like, levelling up the equality, the wealth equality. But... I think it should be the individual's choice to do that. I don't think it should be the government or a central bank's choice to actually be the ones that like we are going to distribute distribute your wealth between the the poorer and the rich and the poor so, and the rich. Yeah. So let, so let's look at that then. When we talk about central bank digital currencies, so I will not be able. To, I will not have a pound in my pocket. There'll be no money. There'll be no cash. Everything will be on a phone or in your wallet from the bank. And, and everything's there. And I guess on a ledger, where they're going to put it on a blockchain, who knows? But at that point, you can just see how so many ethical, moral, financial, political questions come up in regard to a central bank digital currency. Because someone, as you said, has the control centrally to say, here's what we're going to do, and you're just going to like it or lump it. And that, that that's, a, that's a danger. I think it's a really dangerous road to go down. It's, yeah, very dangerous, especially if people start to adopt it just because they're lazy and yeah. they don't want to have the um, responsibility of owning their own finances. Because it is a lot of responsibility having the keys to your own your own wealth essentially so a lot of people might flock to it which yeah. is really dangerous in my opinion okay so digital central bank digital currencies plus points negative points all going to come out we'll see where it all ends up mm-hmm. um but whoever decides to do this has to be think really carefully and i think if you had a central bank digital currency and that sat alongside a Bitcoin wallet, then then you you have, and you can move between them both, I think that's a sensible play for a government moving forward as opposed to just sending out a diktat and saying, all your salary is going to be paid in uh, E-pounds now and take it or leave it. Yeah, exactly. And I think in the short term, I think maybe 10 to 20 years, like over the next 10 to 20 years, it might, it, I, I fully expect central banks, digital currencies to be a thing and for people to use them. And, but this is just while decentralized cryptocurrencies are like maturing yeah. and 
I think they will eventually phase out these central bank digital currencies, but they can live alongside decentralized ones for the time being, because we're still in the transition phase. Okay, next question. What is the metaverse? This is everywhere just now. I know. The metaverse. I'm watching. I'm watching um, some of the influencers and watching their videos and reading some of their stuff, and and they're all into metaverse. So technically, they are ahead of the game, but it's it's understanding what that is. So here's my go. Here's my attempt at explaining what the metaverse is, just from my own thoughts on it. So if you imagine, imagine a Walt Disney movie. So if you look at the Walt Disney movies, The Lion King and what other, what other Walt Disney, Peter Pan, all that sort of stuff, right? And boop-a-dee-boop. Eth, slingshot to 5K is about to get ready from Crypto God John. Oh, See? yeah. <laughs> and just keep, keep abreast of it all. So you've got, you've got your Disney movies and you go to the cinema or you open up your Netflix or whatever and you watch a Disney movie and your whole brain goes into that movie. The characters, the landscapes, the costumes, the animation, the storyline, the good versus evil. You're, you, that For that 90 minutes, you're encapsulated by what Disney has painted for you as a reality. Okay? Now think about the, that being the metaverse. But instead of it being 90 minutes, it's forever. So you can put your head in that reality whatever that reality is forever, but it's grounded by reality and that it's not Disney creating it for you. It's other human beings and you create who you want to be. So if you go into the metaverse or you go online and you join one of these metaverse platforms, you are entering your world of Disney and you can create your identity, your money, your politics, your house, your wife, your friends, the car you drive, the mobile phone you have, the cryptocurrency that you want to spend, you can be who you want to be in that movie. But it's not a Disney director directing the movie. You're directing your own movie in that, uh, in that, in that reality. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, like, yeah like, I've never heard it put that way. So, so I think that's what the metaphor says. So you and I talked about, Jordan, why is the Crypto Standard podcast not going on to the metaverse? So we should be looking at picking one or two metaverse, going on there, buying up some real estate, setting up our shop, setting up our newspaper, setting up our TV station, and start broadcasting the Crypto Standard podcast on the metaverse because who's to say in 10 or 20 years time that people don't go people will not go into an ipad and download and look at youtube videos they will go into their metaverse the first thing they do is put their headphones on whatever in the morning go into their metaverse and start seeing what's going on in there and hopefully they'll they'll have a bookmarked oh i'm going to go to 35 young street because I want to see the boys there and the, and we'll be on there with our little avatars giving yeah. us a <laughs> So that's where I think the metaverse is going. It's got a bit to go. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, the clever players are already on these sites and they're buying up stretches of land. They're buying up streets. They're buying up and they're, they're going to create their own businesses on there. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, we're already seeing huge 
global companies buying up land in the metaverse yeah. as they prepare for this. So, yeah, it's coming whether you like it or not. And it's, I mean, when you're saying that, it, it makes sense, but to make it make sense in the real world is actually another thing. And like to actually imagine it is very hard. Like how, I don't I don't picture myself getting up and putting on my VR goggles or whatever it is and going into the metaverse. But I would never have thought when I was younger with my Nokia that I would have like a supercomputer in my hand that is an iPhone now. Yeah. You, you never think these things are going to come true until they actually hit you. So this is people just preparing for what is to come. And just think, Jordan, when you go into the metaverse, you'll be able to get a girlfriend. Because <laughs> well, I can't get one in real life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. Okay, this is interesting. How do I explain crypto to friends and family? Uh-huh. I'll get I, this a lot. I, and you and I had you and I went out for your birthday the other night, and um, your dad was there, and we had a discussion, a lively discussion over NFTs, <laughs> yeah. and, and he didn't really fully understand it. And but it's, it's having to that it's having to I mean the word NFT can come up, never mind crypto, and it's trying to explain that to someone. Yeah. So the floor is yours. And also, just on that point, that people will hear one perspective from it and then they will believe that one one perspective and they have that ingrained in their head whereas you need to take multiple because this is so new you have to take multiple perspectives and just take little bits of information from each so you can build up your understanding of it in your head anyway back to the actual question which is how do you explain crypto to friends and family with christmas coming up this is going to be a big one. Lots and lots of families are going to be talking about crypto because it's had a mental year. So what I say to people, because it, it's such a complicated subject and it is, it's so big that you cannot explain cryptocurrency and blockchain in one sitting. That's impossible. And you're without boring someone as well. So what I always do is I keep it simple. And I, I stick to the basics because I don't want to be going off into, if they don't know anything about cryptocurrency, I don't want to be going off and talking about NFTs, how you mine Bitcoin, um, the metaverse, if they just want to know the, the very basics, because you need a basic understanding. So for me, I always stick with Bitcoin first. And then... I will stick with the narrative around the old financial system and this is the new financial system. So I will explain how the money printer works in the dollars, in pounds, in all fiat. And then I'll explain how Bitcoin is the solution to this and how it's decentralized, hard capped, which makes it more scarce, which then makes it a store of value and it has no human intervention as well. So I think keeping it on a level that you can understand, because the worst thing you want to do is start explaining Bitcoin to your family. And then you're like, yeah, it's this, this, and this. And then they come back and they're like, so what about 
this and you can't answer it <laughs> because everyone is learning. Let's be honest. We're all still learning about it. So keeping things very simple is my key to talking to friends and family about it. I think that's a good way to do it. They've just got they've got to build up their mental models of mm-hmm. what cryptocurrency, blockchain, and all the different moving parts are to help them understand it. Mm-hmm. So I was, <clears throat> as you know, I'm doing my pilot's license, <clears throat> and I did about ten takeoffs and landings the other day, solo again. And but this week I was. Oh, what's ha- what's happening there? <laughs> are they coming for oh, you? Oh my God, it's the Bank of England. They're coming for me. (laughs) You're not getting my crypto. Andrew Bailey, go away. Square go. (laughs) Square go. You and me, Andrew Bailey, around the back. Where where were we there anyway? (laughs) I don't know. Oh yeah, I was talking about me being a pilot and all that. Okay. Um, And I was looking at, so I'm I'm fascinated by glide slopes. So when you're out, um, half a mile out and then you're flying your aeroplane in technically if it's in trim it should fly down itself to the runway and how you, you can use papi lights vasi lights and instrument landing systems so you know we talk about a big uh, jumbo jet landing and really heavy cloud and you think how can the pilot see where he or she is going well they can't because they're using an instrument landing system and how the instrument landing system basically is set up and the plane is flies within certain parameters and if it does if the pilot lines it up properly within those parameters within about 50 feet he or she should see the runway right ahead of them so that's the kind of mental model that people need to build up with cryptocurrency they need to see the runway ahead of them and say how how do i get there to if the runway is bitcoin how do i get to an understanding of that mm-hmm. and there's five or six things i need to do i need to understand what a blockchain really is i need to understand what what bitcoin is and how it's mined i need to understand how you buy it i need to understand how you trade it what, um, why is it on exchanges what does shorting mean what does longing mean and once all these little bits all join up the next thing you know, you'll see the Bitcoin runway ahead of you mm-hmm. and you'll have an understanding and you'll feel more secure. And I think that's the way people should approach it. So nice. when I'm having when I'm having those conversations, I'm trying to build up mental models for them mm-hmm. and little little pieces that link together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's and then we're obviously concentrating on Bitcoin here. And then once someone's understood Bitcoin, yeah, then I feel like then they can move on to the next one, the next one, and just work their way down. Yeah. Okay, next question. Next one is tax and crypto. You want to take that? (laughs) So this week I joined Coinly. um, $99. It told me I was a hodler, which is good. I'm not a trader. And I put input all my stuff and gave it. So essentially you let it, you, let, you give it access on a read-only basis to all your exchanges. So whether it was Coinbase, Crypto.com, Binance, KuCoin, Gate.io, whatever exchanges you're using, you let it work away with them. It then sucks out and mines all the data that's relevant between, for example, the 5th of, Feb, 5th of April 2020 to the 4th of April 2021, which is the UK tax year. And then it 
works out all the transactions, puts that within the HMRC taxation uh, parameters, and it spits out a report. So my report said that for that period, I had made a loss. And I was like, that can't be right. And it told me what I had invested and what I what my profit was. And I thought, that's not right. But actually, the figure was right because I, all I had done through that period was I'd invested, I'd bought crypto, but I hadn't actually sold any. I didn't mm-hmm. sell any to this tax year. So I was looking at it thinking, the computation's actually correct, but the figures don't add up. So I went back to Coinly and I said, I'm not happy that you're telling me I've invested X. I think X should be a lot lower. So very cleverly, they put me onto one of their help uh, blogs. And it tells me that I'm looking at it from a layman's perspective and that X minus Y must equal Z. Whereas what they're doing is they're looking at it on a transactional basis. So it adds up all the transactions and it does its own computation. And the profit and loss in those transactions is what spits out the report. So while my acquisitions is what I bought and my dispositions, what I sold, look high, it's just the way that Coinly works it out. And it kind of makes sense to me. So I'm comfortable putting that to the to my accountant into the inland revenue. Now, was it easy to do? No, it wasn't. Did I need Jordan to help me? Yes, I did. <laughs> um, but I think it's really worthwhile because that helped that then helps your accountant or helps you do your own tax return and that you have this piece of paper that you can add to your tax return that actually shows that you've tried. And I think that's what the tax, tax man and tax woman in the UK wants to see. You've tried. You've made an effort, number one. So here's the first one, Jordan. I am going to pay my taxes. That's the first one. And we know that within the crypto community, as of 90%, 90% do not want to pay their taxes yeah. because they believe that's my crypto money. It's hidden. It's out of the way. The day will come the exact same way, the exact same way that Coinly has the software to crawl over all your transactions and work it out. The day will come that the revenue has that if it doesn't have it already. And if you get the letter saying, we'd like to have a look at you, then that's the moment you go, oops, I wish I paid my taxes three years ago. And that's that's also ties back into central bank digital currencies. Yes. Is if they come in, they're going to be able to see everything. Correct. Correct. So there's no hiding. Uh, and we've all got to pay our share. So the first thing is, mentally, am I going to pay my taxes? Yes, I am. Uh, the second part, how am I going to do that? Well, if I decide to employ Coinly and pay $99 and go through some pain, and actually we're happy to help people, we're happy to help people do that. Um, and if that's the case, then that's fine. You then do it. It spits out a report. You kind of check the... So the way I checked that was I looked at money in and money out my bank account. And actually, it was all money out. So that makes sense and I haven't made any profit. So I can also back that up to the inland revenue with, well, here's my bank account and that all I did was put money in and I didn't take any money out. So that whole process has really got me thinking about, that's really clever. And it's made me think about cryptocurrency as part of a proper investment portfolio and not just something to play with. And I do hope the listeners take the messaging from this, that whether you make a loss or a profit, it's really worthwhile um, thinking about 
just thinking about your taxes, whether you do it this year, whether you do it next year, um, but I definitely think it's worthwhile. And am I satisfied? I'm 90, 99% satisfied that I can put that to the revenue with all the backup and it's all there. Yeah. Nice. Was that a long way? Was that was that too long-winded there? Or did you get that? <laughs> no, on it, I've honestly been getting so many tax questions because it is becoming or it is coming up to the end of our tax year and people are panicking now and starting to actually think about it. So I think we needed that on the podcast, definitely. Yeah. And and I just used Coinly because it was the first one that popped up. There's about four or five different apps that will work out your tax. And I guess if people, if it, if it does keep coming up, it may be something that we get Coinly to come on the podcast or someone similar and yep. just talk about why they do it, how they do it, how they've made sure it works, that ties in with the UK. And I mean, the IRS in America, they've done it with like 20 or 30 countries. So yep. there's a lot of work going into that. Yeah. Right. Hit me with the last question. Okay. Which crypto should I buy? <laughs> As in, So they're asking you, Jordan the Guru, Guru Jordan, multi-millionaire crypto in your private jet. Which which crypto should you buy? This is a tricky one. And I can never, because we are not financial advisors, I can never say. I can never say what to buy because it's up to the individual what they can buy. But it kind of comes back to what we talked about earlier, where I would always say, start with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the one that you want to start with and learn about, and then start learning about the ones underneath that. And it's such a tricky question. I get it all the time. And my my answer usually is that you just start with Bitcoin, learn what Bitcoin is, and then maybe learn what Ethereum is, learn what Cardano is, Solana, go through the top 10, start learning them. And then make small investments. Because a lot of people come and like, I've got 10 grand. I've got 20 grand. or Not even as much as that. I've got one grand. And they're like, what should I put it into? And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It's, it's a very tricky one to answer. How would yeah, you... Because, because we are not financial advisors. So we, are not, we don't give financial advice. So when someone says, have you got a tip or what would you invest in? Essentially, I'll tell them what I am doing, but I also mm-hmm. say go away and do your own research. So you're right, Jordan. So if you if you, if you've got, if you understand Bitcoin and things like Algorand, Ethereum, Cardano, Reserve, Decentraland, Sand, when you look at the Solana, there's just there's so many of them out there. Mm-hmm. But I'll maybe look at what I've got in my portfolio and I'll say, well, here's why I've invested in this, this particular project. Um, but it's tricky because you feel really strongly that if you say to someone, listen, you should be stacking Ethereum like Magis now because there's a triple happening coming up in 2022 mm-hmm. and that puppy's going to explode. Now, I've, I know that and feel that, but if I, say to, if I tell someone who's got 500 pounds, and that's their savings and they do that and it doesn't work, then it's okay saying, well, that's your responsibility. But mm-hmm. you still feel you still feel mentally that um our responsibility towards them. Yeah, 100 percent And there's also with cryptocurrency, there's also a ripple effect. 
like if that person then if i say i do say that and i'm like ethereum has all of this coming like i'm stacking it and you should stack it too if i ever was to say that they go and do that and then they're going to tell their friends they'd be like oh jordan said to buy this because of and they won't explain why and they won't have done the research so then all their friends will do it and then all their friends will do it and it's not just me because it could be anyone and it is a big ripple effect and then say ethereum doesn't do that say just hypothetically we go into a bear market and it, everything crashes down i'm gonna feel awful about that <laughs> yeah. so that is why i i'm happy to tell people what i invest in but i will never say you should do this yeah so it's a hard one and that's where i would caution people is go ahead work out work out your what you like so i i like to have a i i personally jordan like to have a spread of what i call the big boys so mm-hmm. i've got my uh, bitcoin ethereum cardano i'm seriously looking at algorand now yeah. and i know that you and i have got sean lee the yeah. ceo of the algorand foundation coming on the podcast at the weekend yeah this is that's going to be odd. i'm so excited to hear about this because I've been researching Algorand for a while now, and the way that they're approaching it is in line with our values, how we invest in cryptocurrency. So I'm so excited to hear what he's got to say about that. Yeah, so I think because that's weekend's Christmas Day, I think what we'll put out is maybe the Monday, Tuesday next week when people have got a bit of time in their hands. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, nobody does anything between Christmas and New Year, so they'll have a podcast to listen to. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so I think what I think what we've done is beautifully fudge which what you should invest in because actually I am looking at there's coins I don't even have a clue. I don't know about Terra Luna. I don't really know about decentralized and mana, but I'm going to have to go do a lot of research. There's lots of gaming coins coming on the market mm-hmm. uh, in the next uh, while, and it's like maybe we should be looking at them and just investigating them as well. So 2022 is going to be really busy. Mm-hmm. Very. <laughs> But it's going to be busy for you because you are going to be doing what, Jordan? <laughs> I will not be here. I will not be in Surrey Dundee anymore. <laughs> I am moving to Latin America. So first thing, I'm going to move to Mexico. And I'm going to go for a few months and see how I like it. But I'm thinking... I mean, we say it's sunny Dundee. It's not sunny Dundee. It's very cold. I need the heat. That's one thing. But all the crypto energy is over there, and it's over in Latin America. And I want to, I want to be over there, and essentially, like, not. And I want to be in that energy, and I want to be able to be like document it for people so they can see how it's influencing people's lives. I'm hoping I can go out there and interview some people and if that's from reserve app users to Algorand's team out there or people who build an Algorand I just want to get fully involved in it and that seems to be the best place to do it yeah if you if you think about where crypto currency is really taking a hold in South America and Central America Mm-hmm. That 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 paints a picture for me. That tells me something that those countries have suffered 
inflation, poor leadership, poor macroeconomic stewardship, pressure from America via the dollar. And all of a sudden, that's where a lot of these companies like Algorand and uh, Reserve are focusing Mm-hmm. There, I mean, there's that the Mexican Mexican company Electra is accepting Bitcoin. Yeah. So there's a lot going on down there, and I wonder if that could be in the next twenty years the next economic powerhouse of the world. Yeah, I fully expect it to be as well because if you look at how the politics is kind of changing over there, it's it has been arguably like a lot of countries have been dictatorships and just very right wing although i know i talk about that that you don't really matter anymore but it's kind of changing now you you see a young president in el salvador adopting bitcoin chile have just elected a 35 year old president and the it's just kind of seeing like the power now is shifting if you can get young people forward thinking into powerful positions down there they can change what is happening or what is happening in latin america and i yeah i i want to be there so okay (laughs) that's going that's going to be interesting recording with you with the time change but good for you and getting off your hooky and going away and plowing your own furrow in the world so we covered a lot there a, a lot if you if the listeners think about it if you've got someone in your life that you want to talk to, uh, get involved in cryptocurrency, ping this podcast to them. Please rate it. Please uh, dialogue with us um, to make sure that we're not sitting in our own echo chamber. And we know we're not because our numbers are going up all the time. Yeah. And have you got your crypto.com card? Yes. For Christmas. Christmas and crypto go together. Yeah, get the crypto.com card. That's a good shout. Yeah. Uh, and get $25. exactly (laughs) alright okay Jordan have a good Christmas and I'll catch up with you yes you too and happy Christmas to all all our listeners season's greetings everyone (laughs) bye bye